Welcome, everybody, to our second podcast here at the Autoethnographer. Today, we're talking with the award-winning artist, Suzanne Hughes. Suzanne is responsible for the cover art for our special issue based on climate change throughout 2022. Uh, Suzanne has been painting for only about two and a half years now since the beginning of lockdown in March of 2020. Uh, but since then, she's very quickly explored the process of, of painting and has come to consider that perhaps art can be autoethnographic. Suzanne, welcome. Thank you for having me. So uh, let's just get right down to it. You are a new painter. This is a, a, new, a I, new identity and, and, and journey for you. Yeah, it, it's totally new. I started painting about two and a half years ago during lockdown after a friend encouraged me to paint. Um, I never really thought I could do it. I've always been good at designing and color perspective, um, creating peaceful environments. And during lockdown, I live on my own. I started painting and I just started doing it. And I realized that although I could never draw anything or paint anything, I realized that intrinsically it made me so happy. It made me feel very grounded. It made me feel safe, secure, it made me happy. Um, and, and I think a lot of people came to a creative and expressive arts uh, during that lockdown as we had perhaps more time on our own, or perhaps we had uh, a space and a time to start creating in ways that we hadn't had before. Um, you had mentioned a friend of yours had, had encouraged you at the beginning. Uh, and two and a half years is a very short time, yet uh, I know that last year you won the Artist Network Magazine's first place award uh, for abstract landscape. And I, I suppose we can start right there. That's probably the best way to describe the type of art you create is abstract landscape. It is. It is. Um, I, I did not realize at first that what I was painting was landscape. Um, I am very much drawn to solitude. I'm very much drawn to open spaces, um, beaches with nobody on, um, yeah, really quiet. I'm a quiet person, really. And I am definitely drawn to that sort of, I'd like to be on the top of a mountain. I'd like to be on an empty beach. Gotcha. And I think my art reflects that. So both the process of creating your art and the art itself has a meditative quality. It does. It does. And when I paint, I feel so grounded. I feel so calm. I feel really happy. And I feel I get those emotions when I am in a place that is like that. Gotcha. So as people are listening, I just want to point out that they can see some of your work by visiting SuzanneHughesArt.com. Suzanne is S-U-Z-A-N-N-E, Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S, art, A-R-T.com. There's no dots or dashes there in the URL, just SuzanneHughesArt.com. So as you're listening, feel free to go on over to Suzanne's website and you can take a peek at the kind of, of work she does. Now, what really interests me about Suzanne Hughes is uh, her process. There's more to her work than meets the eye. Um, I'm fortunate in that I've, I've known Suzanne for a few years and I've learned about her process. 
Uh, and that's how we came to adopt some of Suzanne's art for our cover work for our special issue. Now, I know that all artists have processes, whether we're writers, painters, chefs, whatever our art is, we have process. It's, it's a dynamic process. We change, we grow, we discover. But what I find so fascinating about you, Suzanne, and kind of linking what I'm about to explain to this question of is art ethnographic, uh, autoethnographic, uh, is that your canvas undergoes a number of transitions so that at any point in the development of one of your paintings, the canvas can look completely unlike what we would say the final product is. And, Absolutely. and I, yeah, and I've always maintained it's fascinating to think about how who you are from day to day, from week to week and crafting these canvases as your vision evolves, as your relationship evolves with the canvas and you begin to learn more perhaps about what it is that it, that is, right. uh, it just keeps changing and developing. So let me just put that question to you. Is, is painting, is your painting auto-ethnographic? Um, yes, it is. And I never really realized that it was. Um, I just paint, I couldn't understand, I paint, I'm good with colors, but when I use, and most of my work starts with really vibrant colors and words underneath, but as the work evolves, it becomes more and more toned down. It becomes very, very calm, um, which is not like it is at first for sure. Um, I do, I liken that process a little bit to myself now that I know more about where my art comes from. Ah. So I didn't really realize why I paint a lot of gray, a lot of you know, calm, peaceful pieces, but they are pretty neutral until I went during lockdown in the January of 2021. My dad passed away in the UK and I had to go home. And before I could go to his funeral, I had to isolate for 10 days. And I had the luxury of choosing exactly where I could go, which I hadn't had before because I've always gone home when I have, you know, and the kids have come with me and I've had to visit family. This time I could go anywhere I could, I wanted to. And I, so I indulged myself. And I went to my favorite part of the UK that has a lot of very good memories for me. And I went to a house overlooking the ocean on sort of a hillside in South Devon. And I bought groceries for 10 days because I knew I couldn't go out. I had to stay, you know, bought groceries, bought beer, bought everything I needed for 10 days. And I, as you were, I, you were hunkering down. I was hunkering down, and I am good at solitude, so it was sort of like this luxury retreat, really, for me. Um, and as I was driving down into Devon, I went through all this sort of low cloud mist fog, and I suddenly realised that I was driving into one of my paintings, and it was this huge, like. Wow. A moment where I just knew why I painted what I painted. And it was so emotional. I had to stop. I stopped the car and got out. And I was just in, surrounded by fog. 
and you know up up in sort of hills but surrounded by all this fog and damp stuff now I'm a real sunshine person so <laughs> it was a bit of a revelation to me it's a major major moment and I suddenly understood how connected I am still to the UK although I've been I haven't lived there for 23 years how travel spaces places feelings memories all come out they are they're there somewhere. You don't realize how much they make up your personality, your character, but they're there. I, I think we should also uh, explain that in your painting, whereas uh, some artists have an idea, there, there's an object, there's a specific uh, image or an arrangement or landscape that they would like to create or to recreate. For you, you're not starting with a drawing on your no. canvas that will become <laughs> the eventual painting. No, I'm not. I start, I just paint because it makes me happy. So I do, it's totally spontaneous. It's an uh, organic process that it, evolves yeah. in your relationship with each canvas, each right. time right. work. And I put down a layer and I look at it and I know that, all the layers that go before the final product add to its depth and its personality. Just, it just gives it a deeper meaning, a deeper sense of something normally peaceful, mm. but it, ha it has so much more than just one layer. And it can take me months. I've gone back to some things after a year and suddenly finish them like, just like that, just, you know, final marks, that's yeah. all it is. I, I think that is the plight of a creative, of always asking ourselves, is something ever finished? <laughs> well, it, that, that's sort of time and place because you can look at things that you thought were finished before. And right, then, oh and then six God, months later, not so much. Um, I tend to know when things are finished, which is for some artists is that people don't know when they're done. I know when I'm done. I don't care what anybody else says. I know it's done. I just know, but I also know when it just needs something else. Like Speaking of something else, let's go back to the beginning of the process because the beginning of your process is quite something else. Right. <laughs> so we're talking about you as a, a painter and visual artist, yet I know that oftentimes at the start of your process, you are uh, using words, you are, you're writing on yes. the canvas with language. Can yes. you tell us a little bit more about that aspect of your process? Yeah, I um, I do. I write my feelings at the time. I Some people talk about setting intentions for whatever they do, you know, a bit like in yoga. I don't really purposefully set an intention, but I do write a lot of feelings they are mostly positive, mostly um, encouraging words, you know, belief in myself. Um, so it's like you're 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 encouraging your process at the at the start. Yeah, and it gives me something. So then those words give me something on the canvas to respond to. Um, whether I write them in pencil, whether I write them in graphite, whether I write them in beautiful charcoal and spray water all over them so they get drip everywhere and make a hideous mess 
I usually start like that. It give it takes away that big white piece of canvas or wood, whatever I'm painting on. So you also mentioned that the majority of your color seems to happen at the start of your process and that yes. the colors become a bit more muted as you continue towards a sense of completion. They do. They do. Usually. Usually. Right. Not they, always. Not always. Not always. The point being... <laughs> The two pieces that uh, right. that we're using for the artwork for the cover, uh, which is called "Climate Change in Alaska," number one and number two, these are very vibrant. They have, I, I mean, I, I remember parts of the process. They really haven't been tampered down too much. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to this idea of climate change in Alaska and how that was interpreted in those pieces? It did not. I didn't set out with that intention that I was going to paint something of that, that any type of, because I just do. Right. Stuff. As we said, you don't necessarily and, begin with an end goal. You begin simply with, I will follow my process. Right. And I started to, I painted the sort of low, and most of it is paint. And there are a lot of layers on there. And then there's some collage on there too. Some of the collage had drawing on before. A lot of it I added afterwards. When you say collage, you're taking pieces of paper or other material and, and putting yes. them onto the canvas? Yeah, um, whether they're old paint palettes. I mean, part of that, um, the one, I think it's number one, has is actually an old paint palette that I used to mix my colors on. And they were so, it looks so good. I thought, oh, I can use this. And so I like ripped it up and stuck it on there. <laughs> and I suddenly thought, oh my God, this looks like water. It looks like rocks. It looks, and I drew a bit on it. And all of a sudden it was, I just knew what it was. And Alaska was very, um, it was at the front of my mind in a lot of ways. I was planning in the initial stages of planning a trip there. And it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. And I've just begun looking at things and reading about it and exploring how I approach the trip. Right. And so it was, I think, the colour, the, the movement. It's one of those moments, when I paint things with colour, it's very rare. I mm. Colour is in the final I think it's one of those moments of bravery where I'm really not afraid because I still happen to think, oh, I can't really do this. I'm not very, you know, <laughs> I'm not very confident. So I tend to mute everything down to make so, it. So, so why climate change in Alaska? Were you there during a, a did you experience something that, that brought that idea to mind? I, I am quite environmentally conscious. Mm. Um, I try to be as much as you can living in America. Um, it really, it impacts everybody, although people fail to see that. The moving water that is in those, and I became aware when I went to Alaska and they said, oh, we never used to be able to, ship could never go this far up until, you know, two years ago. And you, you see the impact that everything is having. And mm. you really, I now look at 
you know, that hurricane now, you know, you realize just mm. things, things need, people need to take a bit more care. So what connected that experience and that awareness with this art? What, well, the art came first, the art really came first. And but then when, when I, you were in, in Alaska, you began to, to oh, see. Oh, when I was in Alaska and I, I mean, and it was fabulous. It was just so, it was so emotional for me. It was so big. It was mm. so, unsweet. it was so, just so stunningly beautiful. I hate to think of that being destroyed. I hate to think of losing that. Mm. it's it was it was an incredible experience so did you come home from that experience and 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 look at these canvases again and kind of think to yourself if I had to come up with a with a title or was it perhaps the call was it the call for for submissions from the magazine that no I no it was before I went to Alaska it they were already they they were those from just I don't know why they were just that's what it was right that's they were when I created them maybe July June or July last year yeah last year 21 when I create so that was basically a year before I went to Alaska it was just I don't know gut feeling Hmm. gut feeling um it was almost like a prediction (laughs) yeah it it, It was was and that's what I'm saying like art is so you know, it it was a prediction. It was it was me. Was it me willing it to like it's going to happen? I'm going to go. Right. But it was just, and it was wow. a feeling, and th- those. It was a real feeling for me. Um, right. right. The colors, everything. Um, everything just kind of resonated. So yeah. wow, thank yeah. you. I'm I'm so glad that we get to 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 see this work and know a little bit about the the entire story behind not just the work but the artist as well. And so we we started with this question, you know, is art autoethnographic? Now it's a kind of tongue-in-cheek question, obviously. All, all creative acts are inherently autoethnographic in that we are drawing from experience. Of course, autoethnography is more purposeful. It's a purposeful exploration of using one's lived experience as a source of evidence with which to explore a cultural phenomenon. So there are many ways, Suzanne, your story. Um, reaches into autoethnography from beginning to paint at the start of the pandemic. And uh, so many of us started things in our lives. That in itself is a beautiful um, bit of autoethnography, just knowing how this all began and the culture within which you started painting. Your process is fascinating in that your art is not an end product so much as it's a long journey of various stages. It's like life, right? It's right? So you it is autoethnographic. Right. We get two to three months of Suzanne's moods and emotions and ideas. And thoughts <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> you know, as it evolves and, and, yeah. and develops. It, it really, it, it is an emotional thing. Mm. It's, it's totally intuitive. It is a very emotional thing for me. It's So, so fi- final question then, Suzanne, is, clearly anything, right, we can use autoethnography to explore if we're willing to bring ourselves, open ourselves up by looking at our own lived experiences, asking questions, um, thinking critically. What do you think the benefit might be for 
painters like yourself to spend a, a little bit of time reflecting autoethnography, autoethnographically about the connection between their lived experiences and their creative output? I think it's huge. Um, for me, I'm a, I'm a very, I am a quiet, introverted person. I don't often talk about my emotions, my angst, my grief, my, any, I tend to process inwardly. With, through my art, I've been able, I can talk about my emotions, relating it to my art, ad nauseum. Whereas I could never, I would never talk about myself. I just, you know, I, I don't really talk about my own feelings. It takes quite a lot for me to. So that process is one of the areas where you are opening yourself up to discussion of your yourself yeah. in relation and to I, your art. And I, I found that I can talk about my emotions and what the work means to me so openly. Like I don't care about the judgment. I don't care what anybody, it's, it's, it's really changed me as a person. It's given me a lot more, it's made me a lot more grounded, a lot more secure with my own feelings. Um, and I, I relate my art, it's a bit, it starts off as being vibrant. It calms down, becomes very neutral, it becomes calm. And I think it's a bit like me. Inside, I'm a beating heart, but I am British and I tend to shield everything. Mm. Um, so I hide my emotions very well and I feel that that really is my painting <laughs> mm. so autoethnography then allows you the opportunity to be more reflective and to journey deeper into that process and your emotions and your connection with your work it does it does awesome. it's a cyclical thing <laughs> Suzanne thank you so much for helping us ponder is art autoethnographic and again <laughs> we encourage our listeners to visit you online at suzannehughesart.com s-u-z-a-n-n-e-h-u-g-h-e-s-a-r-t.com um, there's more information about Suzanne on our website um, just scroll down about half the page, you'll see we have the special issue on climate change uh, included there is our introductory article featuring Suzanne's artwork. Suzanne, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I hope I haven't waffled too much. I think this was, I think this was a very uh, enlightening discussion. So thank you again. Have a lovely evening. You too. Thank you. Bye.